Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. Romans chapter 8, verse number 28, and it says this, and we know that we have, that in all these things, somebody say all these things. (laughs) What are your all these things? You got any all these things? You came in the room with some all these things. Huh? I, don't, I don't know about you. Oh, you're the perfect one. They didn't come in with anything. I came in with some all these things, right? I got, I got kids. I got babies. I got to feed them. I gotta, we got we to gotta work. We got to live. We got to survive. We're trying to. Does anybody have some all these things? Did you come in the room with, you just came, you came in floating. Some people came in floating. That's what happened. It says, and we know that in all these things, somebody say all these things. Come on, say it like you mean it. All these things. Come on, look at these things and say, all these things. God works for the good. Wow, how? And these things? Yeah, yeah, all, all, no, no, not that one. Not those three, those five, but not those, no, no. All, what was it? Just make sure we have the same Bible. All these things, God works for the good of those who love him. And who have been called according to his purposes. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. Somebody say conformed. Sounds like there's some shaping going on, some shifting going. To be conformed to the likeness of his son. And that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined. He also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. I love this part. This is like where Paul just kind of gets a little crazy and says, what then shall we say in response to this? Not to the things, but to this promise that we have. That God not has only called you, but he's justified the call. He's glorified you. He's prepared it. He's, what does justified mean? Just as if I never. (laughs) Just as if I never messed up last week. Just as if I never screwed up last month. Just as if I never took two wrong turns and three. Look, can I tell you this? God is not like Waze or map, Google Maps. Like if you go the wrong way, it adds time. Not all the time, sometimes. But God renews the time. He restores the years that the locusts have eaten. You're the locusts. You're the ones eating the things, running the wrong way. I'm the one messing up, going the wrong way. But God says, I will redeem. I will restore. Then he says, if God be before us, who can be against us? I love down here, he gets real radical. In verse 35, he said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of the sword? No, in all these things, we, somebody say we, are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor powers, neither height nor depth, neither anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in our Jesus Christ Jesus. I love that he says this, we are more than conquerors. Somebody say, you're more than, baby. Come on, that wasn't all of you. all Some of y'all just quiet and shy. Come on, you have to break out of that of fearless. Say, you're more than. So what's more than a conqueror? How do you be more than a conqueror? It doesn't even make sense. How do, how do, you're, either you're a conqueror or you're not. A conqueror is someone who rides out to battle and the odds are stacked. And he has a horse and a shield and an army. And through a battle and through the fight, the conqueror wins. The conqueror comes home and celebrates. And he has conquered. He has defeated something. Do we have anybody that's defeated some things in their life in this room? You've, you've said, no, that's over. Said and done. I'm, I'm done with that. I've conquered fear. I've conquered insecurity. I've, is there anybody that's different since you met Jesus in this room? But Jesus doesn't say you'll be a conqueror. He said you'll be more than a conqueror. So a conqueror is someone who fights and wins. More than a conqueror is someone who rides out to battle. No, he doesn't ride because he doesn't have a horse. He doesn't even own a shield. He has no army or no backup. He's never been trained and never will be trained. He's the weakest of his clan. Oh, that's Gideon. He said, mighty warrior. A more than a conqueror is that you don't have all the stuff, all what it takes, and you still win the battle in victory. Do we have anybody that shouldn't be here right now? I shouldn't be able to lift my hands. I shouldn't be able to praise. I didn't have it all together, even walking in tonight, but I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Oh, oh. See, you know why everybody's not shouting? Because the Bible says so. Because it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you've been redeemed, you can't help it, baby. If you've been bought back, you can't put it out or hold it down. Let the redeemed Everybody else can sit quiet. Everybody else can hang out. But let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let them shout in the middle of a nightclub in downtown. If you've been saved from something. If you've been transformed from something. To be redeemed means to be bought back from the slave market. Yeah, the devil was the slave master. He's put you up on the block for sale. He's let them abuse you and punish you and check you out and scope you out. He's pointed out all your failures and your successes. And God comes into the slave market and he says this, I'm buying them back. I'm redeeming you from the power of death, hell, and the grave. But he didn't buy you back with money. He bought you back with his life. He took our place on the box. That's why they had to rip out his beard. That's why they had to mock him. That's why they had to punish his, they had to whip, rip open his back. Why? Because he became the slave that I was. He took my place. Jesus didn't die for us. He died as us. When I ask for forgiveness of sins, I don't have to feel bad because that was what the dead man did. The dead Jeremy. God, forgive me for what I did when I was dead. But come into my life. I want to do some incredible things when I'm alive. See, some of us were really good sinners. 
But see how it worked on that side? It works on this side. Yeah, yeah, if you were really deep into that zone, the devil better look out because he should have killed you when he had a chance. Because now when you get into this zone, is there anybody alive in this room tonight? Come on, let Jesus hear you. Come on. Thank you, Sarah. I want to read to you uh, this story because it blows my mind, this story. And I keep trying to read it and I keep not getting to it. But tonight I'm going to make myself uh, because it blows my mind. It, it, is, it, is, uh, it, it is consuming me. There's actually a few stories consuming me right now in this Bible. Uh, you ever, anybody old enough to know the, the movie The NeverEnding Story? Uh, the rock biter, Atreyu, Artex, uh, in the swamp of sadness. You, you understand what I'm saying? If you don't know what I'm saying, uh, go get schooled, man. That, that will mess you up. I am praying they make a new one. You know what I'm saying? Like Michael Bay or something. But, but um, this, this Bible reminds me of that. Because in that movie, the, the little boy, his world was collapsing in on him. And he created a new world through the book he was reading. The book he was reading birthed a new world inside of him. And all of a sudden, the world that he was living in, the worlds collided. But the world he was reading about, he was the hero of the story. You see, Jesus wants to let you know that you are his heroes in this last day. That, that he came and died so that you can, he came and died in your name so you can live in his name. What can't you do if you're living in his name? I read these stories of this Bible and it grips me. It, it grabs a hold of me and I get stuck in it and I ask it. Here's what I, I want you to do this week. When you read your Bible, I want you to talk to it. Can you do that? Just weirdly, just... Like, you might want to shut the door, you know, you don't have to turn off the lights, that might get weird. But I'm just saying, like, lock yourself in with it at some point. Even if it's one day, I'm telling you, all you need is one day, and it's like, this thing's like worse than crack cocaine. It, 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 it's line upon line, precept upon precept, you know, this thing, something's going to shift inside of us. I dare you to start asking it questions. Like, read, and then don't just read, like, like breathe it in. Let, let it get inside you, and then when you, wherever you're confused, talk to it. What is, what is, why? Why did they do that? I'll, sometimes I'm mad at this. Thing. I'm like, no! Doesn't end like that. There is no way you left me hanging right there. Like, I need more. Like, who is that guy that has no name? That he was just, I want to know, I want to know more. Is there another book I can get? Like, is there a sequel, a prequel? A, what, is there a part two? <laughs> and then he says, whatever has been written has been written. There is nothing more going to be added. And I'm like, dang it. Like, this was so good. You ever just talk to this thing? Sometimes it's got me crying. Sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I've read John 3.16, but, like, now, oh, wow, that's there, too. Like, I didn't even see the second half because I was so caught up in my pain, I could only read the first half. I want to read you a story, and, and, and it's just unfolding to me. I, I don't even know if I'll really, there's going to be something deep for you tonight. This is just, I'm, I'm receiving from this, so we'll just receive together if that's okay. Is that all right? The Bible says in Daniel chapter 3, uh, we're just going to start in verse 1, and then we'll skip around uh, as we go. I don't know if they have the whole thing up there. Oh, you do. You guys, come on. Give it up for Laura. High five. Air high five. You're awesome. <laughs> Daniel chapter 3, it says this, King Nebuchadnezzar, somebody say Nebuchadnezzar, made an image of gold. 
90 feet high and nine feet wide. And he set it in the plain of Dura. Somebody say Dura. Which simply means circle or, 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 or circumference in the plain of circle in the province of Babylon. Now, just so you know, Babylon back in those days would be where modern day Iraq is. Okay? So he set it up in Babylon, this, this statue for worship. Babylon also uh, was known as the place uh, for the Tower of Babel. Remember that one, that story as a kid? Uh, they were building a tower, and the, the Bible says that if they would have kept building, they could have reached God. Now that sounds insane, but it just lets us know that when you unify around something, that in unity there is nothing you can't do. But in disunity, it disconnects us to be able to do anything. One day they spoke the same language. All God had to do is separate their communication and they couldn't do anything. How crazy is that? From one day building to God to the next day can't even build very high at all. Because their communication wasn't connected. How funny is it that even in this room, uh, we all have different communication styles. Some are loud, some are quiet. Some don't talk at all. Some talk your ear off and you're like, please Lord, let them shut up. But our communication is so different, sometimes we only actually hear ourselves. People speak more with their body than they do with their words. Most communication are nonverbals, not just what they're saying, but what they're saying. And the reason why the church today can't get together is we forgot who the enemy is. You see, I believe that, that Jesus could have just took Satan out and then he's just gone, obliterated. I mean, don't you think that he could have done that if he created the sun, the moon, and stars? Sometimes I go, God, like these are the kind of questions I ask. See what I'm saying? Like, God, why did you just pow? Just dust, like red dust or whatever it was. But he left him. He left him for us to, it's like the devil's roaming around like a roaring lion. Like, shut the lion down, Jesus. You ever thought about that? And the other day, God told me this. He said, I left him because the only way you could really unify is if you have the same enemy. You see, we keep thinking each other are the enemy. But you could take two countries that hate each other, have totally different customs, and you give them the same person that's attacking them, and they will drop all their problems and all their garbage, and they will get together and stand toe-to-toe -to -toe on the battle line because their eyes are in a different place than each other. This is what the church has to do. Look, you're not my enemy. Fear is the enemy of this house. Anger is the enemy of this house. Lust is the enemy of this house. Abuse is the enemy of this house. Come on, we are together, and we're going to fight arm in arm, hand in hand. It was in Babylon. The Tower of Babel could have been built, but God separated it. Because at the end of building it, they would have given honor to man instead of honor to God. He then summoned the, the satraps and the, the perfects and the governors See, they had trap music back then, too. I th you thought it was new. There ain't nothing new under the sun. Advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all other provincial officials to come and dedicate the image that had been set up. Mm. Dedicating the image that had been set up. So the satraps, the perfects, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the other officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before it. 
Then the herald loudly proclaimed, this is what you are commanded to do, O people, O nation, O men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that the king Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard this sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the, the harp, and all kinds of music, all the peoples of the nation and men of every language fell down and worshiped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some of the astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews and said to the King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree to everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music must fall and worship the image of gold. And whoever does not must fall down and worship, must be thrown into the blazing furnace. But have, you have some Jews whom have set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon. Their names are Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. <laughs> I love that. They neither serve you nor your gods. They worship neither you nor your image of gold that you have set up. Furious with rage, King Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and said to these men who brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you have not served my gods or worshipped the image of gold I have set up when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zithir, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music? If you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship, in other words, I'm giving you a second chance. You will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Isn't it funny that the devil's threats are empty? That he sometimes has to go to a second threat because the first threat was empty? Then what God will be able to rescue from that hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this manner. <laughs> now you all need to know who this Nebuchadnezzar dude is. This is the leader of, of one of the most violent nations at that moment. In fact, the Israelites were now slaves because this Nebuchadnezzar showed up on their doorstep, burned their gates, knocked down their walls, pillaged their cities, raped their wives and mothers, and then took them as captives from young boys and now show up on this place, they've been, these three men have been rise to the top of the rankings in his own house because of Daniel, who has had many dreams and opened up many ways and proven himself to be a man of God. And here are these dudes boldly in the face of the one who could say, off with their head, saying, we don't have to even respond to you. Now, where do people get that kind of courage? You say, why are you preaching? Because I'm looking for some last day Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's. I'm looking for some Daniels in these last days. I know, I know that every couple of years, every 14 generations, God sends a deliverer to, to a generation. And I believe that 14 generations is about up now. And God is looking for some deliverers. And I want to tell you some things about every time a deliverer shows up to this earth, that, that, that the young boys and the young ladies are killed at birth. Every time a deliverer showed up in the Bible, they took out their entire generation. Uh, when, when Moses showed up, that's why he had to 
be floated in a basket down by the river uh, because they tried to kill his generation. When Jesus was born, they took out his generation. Look at our generation. I wonder how many of us are not here from abortion and different rights and different things that are going on in our country. Why? Because the devil is afraid that a deliverer will rise up in these last days to deliver their people. See, it has to come from the inside for it to work. See, God has to send someone just like you, just normal, just average, just where no one kind of sees what's happening. And he sent these three Hebrew boys to stand up in front. I love that they're just teenagers, just young adults. When everybody else is bowing, they look at him. You see, many of us are rebellious in the wrong way. But can I tell you this? Rebellion is a going against the flow. It's walking against what's coming at you. Rebellion is, is fighting what's, what's the force, the, the big machine. But can I tell you, it's not rebellion to come against God. It's falling in line with what's already happening. But rebellion is a new rebellion that's rising up in the church today from the warriors that he sent to these last days are the ones that will stand up against injustice and, and the worship of the idol. And here they were, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they said, we, we did not have to talk to you about this, king. We don't need to defend ourselves to you because we have a defender. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, then the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. Huh, well, this is my favorite part. You ready for this? This is like where faith really, you're like, what? The? This is where I yelled at my Bible and just said, no way. But even if he does not, we want you to know. <laughs> we just wanted you to know. If what they just said wasn't, wasn't pious enough, we just want you to know, oh king, <laughs> on your big throne, oh king with your big idol, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was furious because you get mad at what you can't control with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And his attitude towards them changed. Somebody say, uh, they're gonna get some attitude on you. Be careful, when people can't control you, their attitude will rise up. But don't worry, attitude always determines altitude. And if you're, you're living at an attitude of a chicken, you can't fly with the eagles, baby. So keep going, keep going, even if they got an attitude. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. Awesome, God's number, we're gonna be all right. And command some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie up these little Hebrew boys. Y'all got to have the whole army for this? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. Skip down to verse 24. Oh, I, I love this part, 22. The king commanded was so urgent that the furnace was uh, so hot that the flames of the fire actually killed the strong soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men firmly tied fell into the, have you ever fell into a fire? Like in life? Like you finally made it, it killed the dudes around you, you were saved, Hooray, God saved me out of the fire. I didn't have to actually live up to that second part. You know what I'm saying? Even if he doesn't, that part, and then they fell in. <laughs> that's just awkward. That's, that's awkward and not good. They fell in. Have you ever just stumbled into pain? 
You thought you were out, and then you're like, oh, God. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't these three men that we tied up and threw into the furnace? They replied, certainly, O king, he said. Then he said this, look, I see four. Walking around in the fire, I love this part, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants, I love this part, of the most high God. They didn't even have to say a word. They just lived it. And their life made Nebuchadnezzar worship their God. Nebuchadnezzar had to have trumpets and flutes and a giant statue made of gold, and he had to threaten everyone with fear. If you want people really to worship your God, it's not about our loud noise. It's not about bringing, oh, you're going to die if you, no, no, just worship him with your life. Just live with him while you're in the fire and the Then he says this. I love this. He says, the, the sun looks like the one of the sons. Nebuchadnezzar then approaching the opening of the blazing, shouted, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. I love that God used their enemy to call them out of the fire. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. <laughs> and the satraps, perfects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed, and their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any gods except for their own. Verse 30, I'll just read this last part. It says, Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Come on, if you're ready for a promotion in this room, come on, give Jesus some praise. All the fire did is burn away the things that had them bound. All the fire did was shift off the excess, the weights that others put on them. You say, I don't know what weights others put on them besides the ropes. Well, just their names alone should tell you that because their real names weren't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their real names, those were the names that the Babylons had given them. You see, when I, when I read this, I wondered. I said, God, these three boys didn't eat the food of the land. They didn't worship the God of the land, but they allowed the names of the land to stick with them. Their real names were, were Hosanna, or Hannah, Mishael, and Ezra. The names that they had been given were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they were all named after a god of the land. But their real names were, were Hannah, Yahweh is gracious, Michelle, who is like Yahweh, and Ezra, Yahweh has helped. Hannah, Yahweh is gracious, your future. Michelle, 
who is like Yahweh, your present. Ezra, Jehovah has helped your past. Yahweh is gracious, your future, because grace is not about your past. Mercy is. Mercy is about not getting what you deserve. We cry out mercy, and God answers and takes care of the past. Grace is about getting what you don't deserve. I don't deserve to preach the gospel, but his grace is covering me right now. Yahweh is gracious. Yahweh has you covered in the front. You don't have to worry about what's coming tomorrow because what does worry do except for empty today of its power? God has more for you tomorrow than you could ever dream or imagine. And when that more comes, it's not going to take you out. He's got you covered, baby. Who is like Yahweh, your present? There is no one that can help you like him. No pastor, no teacher, no preacher, no friend, no family member who is like him. Please show me someone who is like him. Show me someone who's strong like him. Show me someone who's defeated death like him. God's got you covered in your present. You don't have to worry about today. Not even the, the lilies of the field or the birds of the air. They don't have to toil. They don't have to collect food. Why? Because God has them covered today. God's got you covered every area. And Yahweh has helped. He's got you in the past. If God got you through that, he's going to get you through this. And I love that the fire only burned off the things that bound them. The Lord used the fire to loosen these men from the ropes that held them. What's holding you right now that God has allowed you to walk into fire? You see, you thought the fire was for punishment, but the fire <laughs> is for promotion. You see, these guys were about to get the head position in all the land, but before they could step into the position, they had to go through the fire to burn off everything they couldn't take into the new level that they were about to walk into. God does not have you in a test because he's forgot about you. God is trying to prepare you for the promotion that's coming tomorrow. And I love that they kept the names. I started asking, why in the world would they allow? Look, they stood up to the king. They said, king, you have no control over it. What? Don't tell the king that. He could kill you. We don't have to argue with you. We don't have to. They were like, they were like rude to the king. But then they let their whole life, people call him the moon god, the god of wisdom. <laughs> But even though these people believed that the moon god was the moon, they realized that he was the god of the moon. So you can call me the moon god if you want. So I started asking, God, why did they let them keep the names? Why did they let them keep the names? Why did they let the names stick? They didn't eat the food. They didn't worship the idols. But they allowed the names. And here's what God told me. You can only control you. The food was their choice. Put it in front of me, it's an internal thing. If I eat it, it's up to me. The worship was their choice. But the words, what are they gonna do? Get in an argument with them? Call me whatever you wanna call me. Wow. You see, we, we too busy letting other people make us have a bad day. Can I tell you this? Let me say it again. You can't control what others can do. You can only control what you do. 
God has not called you to control others. He's called you to put yourself in check. And you could call me whatever you want. It doesn't change who I am. I am Yahweh has helped. I am Yahweh's got me covered in my past, my present, and my future. I'm not going to eat what they eat in the land. I'm not going to worship what they worship in the land. Look, can I tell you this? You can't, can, look, we still saying things like this. They made me angry. No, they didn't make you angry. Anger is an inside job. We still worried about them. They did it. It was their fault, and we still trying to be right. It doesn't say the right are as bold as lions. It says the righteous are as bold as lions. We live in a generation where, where you thought it's going to end when you get married. Trying to be right when you get married is like, just shoot me now, right? This, is, this doesn't work. Because <laughs> women are way smarter than us in certain ways. Men, I'm just telling you, they got, they got more on us, like, we still, someone said women have evolved way further. Like, I, sometimes I truly believe that, man. They, uh, even though we're not evolving. You know what I'm saying? That like, 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 it just doesn't work trying to be right. Like, anybody just want to give up being right? Like, I'm tired of trying to be right. I'm tired of my point is right. My way is right. My idea is right. I'm right in this, and you're wrong in this. And we spend our whole life fighting the wrong enemy because we really think we can change them. And, and if, if we could just shut down all the voices that keep calling us names and keep putting chains on us and keep putting bounds on us, if we could just shut you down, then I can live and be who I'm called to be. You keep making me angry. You keep stopping my calling. I need somebody to believe in me. No, no, you don't need anything. You just need to believe that Jesus believes in you. And that's all you need, baby. Everything is an inside job. No matter what the world called them, it didn't change who they were. What changes who you are is what you allow into your life. The food you take in. What are you eating on? Are you eating what they're eating? Are you fueling your life, getting your energy from what the world is getting their energy from? Compliments. Being seen. Having the latest. Being the greatest. Are, are, you, are you still eating their compliments? Because their compliments will change you. Because now you've got to perform for an audience of some instead of an audience of one. Are we eating what they're eating? Are we eating the American dream? Are we filled up so full that when we come to this place, we've lost where we are and who we are? Do we worship the idol of this generation? You know what's the biggest problem about planting a church is that you gotta be careful that your leaders don't become the city that you've planted the church in. You know what the, the idol of our city is? Me, myself, and I. That's what face is on the golden statue. My face shots, my chance to get in, my vision, my dream. People will even bring that into church. Hey, when's pastor gonna let you do your dream? Well, go do it. Oh, you want to do that in my house? Okay, well, then we got to work together. Yeah. Uh, when, when are you going to get to do your thing? What are you going to... What they're, what they're saying is they're blowing the flute. It's time to bow. It's time to bow to the idol of you. 
It's time to battle to the idol of your dreams and your ideas and when's church gonna be the way for you? And th This is what we've played to in the church and all of a sudden we start looking like the idols that we're worshiping. But three Hebrew boys said, I'm not gonna bow. You can call me whatever you wanna call me. You can be angry, you can be happy, you can be sad, you can do whatever you wanna do, King, but my God's got my back and guess what? I got his. We know that God has your back, but do you have his? Do I have his? When they made the statement, even if he doesn't save us, we're just honored to be a part of the story. Even if it's just a little bit of dust left over from your seven times hotter furnace. If we're going to die, today's a good day to die. That's what they were saying. Let's go out like that. What if we got confidence like that? That's confidence that that's courage. You see, we're still worried about someone didn't look at me right. Someone didn't talk to me right. They, they asked, that church asked for my money. And we're all worried about this stupid stuff. When here these dudes are being thrown into a furnace, we'd be like, nope, okay. <laughs> you gotta tell me twice, flutes one time. That's it. I ain't waiting for the harp and the lyre, right? Why, well, I didn't get into this thing to be put through all that. I got into this thing for comfort. I got into this thing because God's going to give me a whole bunch of stuff. I got into this thing because God's all about me, myself and I. Oh, wait, I'm worshiping the idol that I'm looking at. Be careful that trying to change the culture, you don't become it. Because you will never change the culture if you become it. Look, you know what's crazy? I don't know any of the names of the other Israelites that were standing in that service that day but I do know three dudes, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And even if it's the names that the world gave to them, I looked deeper to find out who they really were. See, if you become a person of interest because you step out into the kingdom, people will look past the names the world has given you and they'll preach about the fame that God has granted you. God allowed them to go through the fire, but he did not let the fire go through them. I love this last part, and I'm done here. I love, I love when they get them out, they start like smelling them. <laughs> I mean, I, you ever, I, like this is what I love to do with the Bible. I just like, I'm there, I'm like, whoa, that's funny. He's like they, they call him out. King Nebuchadnezzar is freaking out. He says, oh, man, where's the fourth one? Oh, wow. Was that God? Oh, wow. that's a... And like this guy who is angry at them and, and mad at them is now like their buddy. Like, like, oh, man, can we hang out? Can we like and then I see all these guys who were the ones that ratted them out, who told on them. Did you see them? They didn't bow and worship King. You better hold them down, right? because they were jealous of them because their life was a competition. But after they had come out of the fire, even their competition were surrounding them and worshiping the God that was in them. And I love this part, they start smelling them. Because they're like so tripped out that they're still alive. That they're like, oh no, no, no. Even you gotta smell, at least like smoke. You've been in hell and like, I mean, have you ever walked into like, a small room and someone's smoking and you left and you're like, oh crap, I mean, I smell like, totally like an ashtray right now. Or been in someone's car, like you cannot get smoke out of a car. Like it just, if you get in a rental car and someone's been smoking in there, you're like, oh heck no, this did not just happen. Give me my money back, right? Because smoke doesn't leave. 
it, in, it infiltrates. This is so beautiful. They smelled them and they said they didn't even smell like the residue of where they just were. I'm, I'm looking for a generation that the world is so interested in your life and the beauty of you walking through the fire with Jesus and worshiping that literally the, the, the very people that hated on you during this process would gather around you and their life would be transformed down to their very senses of looking. Can I, like, I, I want a generation to stand before another generation and go, go ahead and find something left in me. Go to look. Look at every part. You want to see in there? You want to smell me too? Yeah, I'm real. Yeah, Jesus is doing something with a real person. You mean you don't have fear anymore? No, because as soon as his perfect love came in, that fear that used to be so strong in my life, the fear that I was hot boxed in, the anger that I was hot, I no longer smell like where I've been. See, some of you have thought for some reason that your testimony will be this thing you carry around and you have to be embarrassed about. But can I tell you, the testimony is that you don't even look like the test that you were in. And when you tell people, they go, what? Testimony simply means, oh my gosh, how'd that happen? A testimony is not about you sharing with people, it's about people questioning you about the radicalness that they see happening in your life. You, you know what my favorite thing to do, to see, is week after week, people come back and they're just being changed. Not by, not by me or the church, but, but by Jesus. It's so cool to see you, Billy, all the changes and the transformations, and now I'm calling you your real name instead of Willie, I'm calling you Billy. All the changes in your life, Everything that God's done in your life, I mean, people will come in, and I'm like, dude, talk to Billy. And you're like telling the story. I'm like, no, that couldn't have happened. No way. It's so cool seeing the testimony videos because we're like, no, that person's such a chance. Martha, you were coming to the very clubs that we started this church in. And all of a sudden, you wanted something new. No one would even know that about you, that, you, that you, were, you were bouncing from thing to thing. Now God has redeemed you. He's restored you. He's made a way for you. There, there's a new beauty about you. I'm telling you what, you don't, there, God, when God does something in your life and he takes you through things, you won't even smell like what you just went through. How many guys think that would be a miracle right there? Come on, somebody. With me, it was fear. It was anxiety, it was worry. I was actually a completely different person when I, when I, would, when I was in high school. I, I was the shyest kid, and so I thought I was shy. I thought it was my personality, but I didn't realize that it was something on the inside called fear. The fear of man, the fear of failure, the fear of people, what they would say, what they would think. But as soon as that was gone, you know, you know what's funny? is that I tell people now, I used to be really shy, and people are like, dude, no, dude, you're stupid. Why are you making stuff up? You can't lie as a pastor, that's not okay. You know why? Because I don't smell like where I used to be. I don't smell like where I used to be. I smell like something new. 
I smell like Jesus touching my life at 18 years old, and he's transformed me, and he wants to do the same for you. He wants to touch your life tonight. It doesn't matter what you came from or what you came through or what you came out of. God was trying to promote you, and he's not going to let their words and their past and their abuse and their drama and their stuff change who he's called you to be. He's ready to promote. Is anybody ready to step into a promotion tonight? Anybody ready to step into a whole new realm in their life? Come on. You've been in the fire for a little while. You thought God was going to save you out of it, but he wants to save you in it. He wants to save you in it. You're ready for a promotion. You're ready for God to take you to another level. Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.